things about this subject that we're in and we've been in for the last couple weeks is to know God and to make Him known. And so we first, as part of the series, we went into Psalm 139. And I just want to encourage you that if you didn't get a chance to hear the sermon, to listen to the sermon, also to look at Psalm 139. There's some declarative statements in there about life. And I kind of touched on abortion just a moment and the sanctity of life and the blessedness of life and different things. But to know this, to know that I am known by God means everything. It says, oh Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. And you, he knows everything about us. And when I know that God knows me, That allows me to actually run to Him and to be in His presence. And then the next week, we talked about knowing God. Last week, we talked about knowing God, which was Psalm 46. That God is a present help in our time of need. He is always there. But we are to know God. And so if you look at Psalm 46 through the text, of, it's a song, a hymn, to look through that and to realize that God wants to be known by us and that He has shown Himself to us. It matters everything to us. So known by God, to know God, and then also this week we're going to talk about making God known. And we're going to see how we do that. And there's nothing that stops us from making Him known. You see, I don't live this life any longer for my own pleasure, which oftentimes gets very confused within my own heart, is what am I living for? Am I living for my own pleasure or I'm living for one who created me? And it always comes down to this very simple thing, is Lord, am I thinking about others more than myself? Or is this life all about me? And the truth is, is this life isn't all about me. And, and the, the funny thing is, really, my life is really all about you. Part of my calling and part of my life is to care about you. It's to care about my family. It's to lay down my life every day that I wake up. And I'm not retired like Dave, so I don't know that it's hard to get up yet. He's retired. He's in blessed retired years, giving him a hard time. And I don't know why I said that, but I did. And then I get myself all off track. Glory to Jesus. My point is, I don't know. Let's get to the word. Psalm 145. Um, we're there this morning. And it's, this is a psalm that is written by David. And it's kind of unique in its way it's formed. Of course, we don't see it in English, but it's done in, in alphabetic order in the Hebrew language. So it's one of those psalms that it's done with a very precise purpose, but it has very much the vastness and the richness of who God is and how we know Him and we can make Him known today. And so let's pray together as we open God's Word and ask Him to speak to us. Father, I thank you so much for your word this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that you hold all things together. Lord, and for some reason, because you know all things, and you know us all very well, and you are intimately acquainted with all our ways, you called us here this morning together. Lord, and I realize that some people here this morning may not even realize why they came today. 
But Lord, we came because you drew us here. And it's not by chance. And so, Father, I just pray and ask you today that you would speak to us. I ask, Lord, that we would be able to hear your word. And, and Lord, we would draw closer and nearer to you. And God, everyone around us, Father, everyone around us, including our own children, our friends, and even our neighbors, somehow will come to know you because we heard from you today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and empower us as hearers to hear and to be able to see and be able to understand with our hearts today and turn completely and wholeheartedly to you today. So, Lord, would you make yourself known among us? Show us who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as Dave already alluded to this morning, is about praising and blessing God. And so we're going to read through the verses, and then I'll expound on in all the verses. we got 21 to get through, and I'll add a little bit of other verses with it. But we see something here in the psalmist, he says in, in verses 1 through 7. And of course, uh, I have three points. Praise to the God of mighty acts. Um, the second point is praise to the God of all. And the third one is going to be praise to the God of the redeemed. And so as we look at it this morning, we are looking at the point number one, which is praise to the God of mighty acts. And it says this, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Man shall speak of the power of your awesome acts and I will tell of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. So this morning we start out with the psalm saying, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. And then it goes on, great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And he's talking about praising and worshiping the Lord. And you see, in Jewish practice, this psalm was actually is read three times a day. Twice in the morning and one at night. And then not only that, if you go on to Psalm 146, 147, 148, all the way to the rest, and it ends in Psalm 150, it says in verse 6, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you are like me, I have a hard time giving God glory and praise. Why do I have a hard time doing this? It's because so often my problems become bigger than the one who has created all things. Or my attention is on everything else but on the one whom, through whom all blessings flow. 
So often I'm thinking about this and that and my attention isn't even on Him. But yet, the psalmist is calling us to bless Him, to praise Him, and to worship Him. You see, the word blessing here is a declaring of who God is. It's worship. You see, we have made worship something much bigger than what it actually is. And what do I say by that? Sometimes we think blessings and and worshiping and blessing the Lord has to come through feeling. If I feel good, I am going to give Him praise. If the worship leader just does it just right, or does the song that I like, I am going to bless the Lord. But if not, I'm going to email the pastor this week and tell him about it. Just kidding. You really don't do that. But isn't that the way we act? So we leave here actually saying, that was either good worship, bad worship, or the pastor wasn't prepared this week, or he was really prepared. But that's not even the point this morning. We're here to bless the Lord. We're here to declare who He is. And God, as Dave already said this morning, that God is not an egotistic maniac that has to have our worship. Remember what I said last week, that God is all-sufficient. He lacks nothing, so He really doesn't need our praise. But there's something about when I bless His name, it takes me into a different place of life. And if Dave says, again, I guess Dave said a lot of good things this morning. You ride the wave. And I really imagine this in the spiritual realm, and maybe some of you won't understand it, but every time we get together, there's a stream that comes among us and rides through the pulpit, or through the pulpit, through the pews, and we are in the Spirit when we are blessing the Lord in spirit and in truth. So blessing is not something that should be hard to come by, but it often is, and there is a reason that we have a hard time blessing the Lord. The second thing he says is to praise the Lord. And praise is to shine on or boast about what God has done. It makes a lot more sense to me when Paul says all these things in his writings. The one thing that I do is I boast in the Lord. He is actually turning his praise back on the Lord and saying, I am praising the Lord and I am boasting on all that God can do. But again, we lack, don't we? Why do we lack in our blessing? Him, why do we lack in our praise? is because we don't take time to meditate. We don't take time to count our blessings. And I admit to you this morning that I love to get into emotion. I love emotional praise. But that's not what it's about. And the verbs that are used here, which is very unique in the Hebrew, it is to kneel. It's not all about songs. And it's not even all about what we say, it's about posture. And so actually kneeling before the Lord is an act of worship. Did you know that this morning? 
then when you get on your knees, if you are able to bow before the Lord, that is a posture of worship and a posture of praising Him. And even if I'm not saying a word before Him, I am worshiping Him. So this week I had a really awesome moment of just saying, Lord, I don't feel You at all. But I know when I'm down on my knees and my hands extended that this is worship. That I am blessing you. You see, a prideful heart cannot bend his knees to his Creator. And so when you do this, you're submitting to the Lord and you're you're blessing Him and you're praising Him. So I want to ask you this morning... As the psalmist says in verse 2, every day I will bless you. So I want to ask you this morning, are you blessing and praising the Lord as much as you are in prayer and in the Word? It matters. And some of you, and I'm really joking when I say this, well, it doesn't matter, I don't do any of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry, I just, these things go through my head and it's just, it's funny. It's bad humor. But some of you get off easy because you don't do any of it. But, it's, but I want to call you this morning to a place of praise and to blessing the Lord your Creator. And the truth is, is God is unsearchable as it says in verse 3. So there is a mystery that we, none of us here this morning, can actually fully grasp or fully understand about who God is. But when He reveals Himself to us, it should turn back to praise. And so listen to this as it goes on in verse 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. This is something that's very important to every single one of us. And we should never stop. Families are struggling because we're not doing this. We are no longer declaring the praise and the blessings to our children. Did you know God commands that in the Old Testament? If we could go there real quick to Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, I want to read these to you. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you talk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And it goes on to say, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is God saying? You are constantly to be declaring who I am, what I have done, what are my praises, and what are my blessings. We are not to keep silent. 
You see, I know some of you have faced this. When you begin to share your testimony, when you begin to share what God is doing in your life, and the reactions of others just shut you down, how many of you have experienced that? God is doing something in your life, and you tell others, and they just shut you down. Don't stop. Become more annoying. Why? Because if you stop, the enemy is one. What is the world doing today to the church? It's shutting the church down. And it's saying all kinds of things to us and saying, you're bigots, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't care, you don't love. That is exactly what the enemy wants to do to the church. He wants us to stop blessing. He wants us to stop praising. And if you do this, a generation will forget who their God is. And I'm going to tell you this this morning, parents and grandparents, until my kids leave my house, they will do what I ask them to do. And I will encourage my kids of what God has done. Every time my family experiences a blessing, we stop, we tell our kids, This is what God has done for us. Even as simple as buying me some energy drinks. I know that's crazy, but I love caffeine. And coffee makes me crazy. It really does, but I love coffee. So I got these special energy drinks that are a little bit more, and maybe I shouldn't share this testimony, but I'm very honest and open. Somebody gave us a gift. And I was able to buy these energy drinks for my addiction, okay? But we took the time to say, kids, I was praying about this. I really didn't believe God would do this for me. But he provided. We're going to bless the Lord. It's the simple things that we tell our kids, we tell our family, we tell our friends. This is what God has done for us. And it begins to tell of the glory of God. And then it goes on in verse 6 and 7. It says, Men shall speak of the power of, uh, of your awesome acts, and I will tell of your greatness. But listen to this. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. This actually says this. They shall pour out a memory of your abundant goodness. Guys, we can't help it. And you that think your life is washed up and you have nothing to give, that's a lie. Let all these goodness, all the goodness of God, all that He's done, let it gush out of you and let everybody know what God has done for you. But here is the deal. We are not taking the time to do what the psalmist has called us to do. And that is meditate on the goodness and the glory of God. And it says in Psalm 1, I will meditate on your word day and night. Psalm 104, 34 says, let my meditations be pleasing to him. Psalm 19, and we've made a song out of it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You see, we don't meditate anymore. Why? We're too occupied. 
with life. We're too occupied with everything. I mean, my goodness, we can take our cell phones to the restroom with us now. And all you laugh because you do it. (laughs) Not all of us. But we're occupied. There's no dying moment in my life anymore. I, I have found myself, if I don't marginalize my mind and take myself time and set aside time to meditate on His works, I have nothing to give to others. But when I'm meditating on His goodness and His blessings, it gushes out from me and I can't help but tell others of who He is. Point number two is praise to the God of all. And this is going to be really important for us to realize this morning. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all and His mercies are over all His works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. This word here, God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger, great and loving kindness, comes from the very throne room of God. Moses took the time to say, God, I want to see your face. If you don't go with us, we're not going. And God says, this is who I am. I am gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. And when God said these words, I wanted just to meditate on this just for a moment and think about it. Is when God said these words, He also said that I know the people that I am leading out of Israel is an obstinate people. Is a stiff-necked people. But He says, I am gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. I have to admit to you that I love to preach hard. I love to preach on holiness. And I think we should live right. And we should live righteously. And that we should take the Word of God and we should allow it to change us and transform us. But I also know the author of this, just let me burst your bubble for you religious ones this morning. The one who wrote this and and says it again over and over was committed in adultery. King David, as we know, and I don't want to take too much time, but this kind of, I I can't help it, is that King David was caught in adultery, and to cover up the adultery, he murdered one of his most faithful soldiers. And yet God calls him a man after his own heart. And then I read further on in the life of David. David takes a census and God says, why are you taking a census? Joab says, don't do it, David. Don't count the armies. And I think David did it to see how strong they were. And God says, David, you're in trouble. You have three choices. Famine in the land. Or first is I'm going to take and I'm going to take you and remove you from the um, throne and, and uh, it's going to be bad or I'm going to send famine to the land or I'm going to bring a plague on Israel for three days. I think that's it. What did David choose? The plague on three, the three days on the people. I'm like, why did you do that, David? 
And he says this very specifically. He says, because I know God is gracious. And I know he is kind. And he will relent. And then after that, David comes to this place where there's great rebellion. His son Absalom actually comes and takes over the throne and sleeps with all of David's concubines that he has left behind. And as they are leaving Jerusalem, Saul's descendants catch him by the road and start throwing stones at David and cursing David. And David's men, the great men they were, said, shall we kill him? And David says, no, leave him alone. Because I know the Lord is gracious and he is kind. And if he wants to restore the throne to me, he will. And so somebody who says this to us this morning, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness, knows exactly what he's talking about. And so I want to ask you this morning, Have you done something that you feel is so bad that it keeps you from your Creator? Do you feel today that your circumstances warrant your behavior? And I must admit to you that we do have consequences to our sin, but I want you to know that no matter what you have done, your Creator Our all in all is gracious and merciful and slow in anger and great in his love to all. Great in loving kindness. And it goes on to say this, I shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power and make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. And I want to open up something to you this morning that I think is very important. And I've said it before, but I want to give it a definition. Is common grace. There's an actual thing that is going on right now in human history that we all must recognize that is truth. Common grace is the grace of God which He gives people innumerable blessings that are not part of salvation. You and I, along with the world, are under God's merciful grace. God provides right sun and rain for all mankind. We all sit under this God who has everything in control, that His kingdom endures forever. And we go on as if there is no God. But the truth is, right now, whether people say it or not, God is in control. And it's called the common grace. And some of us sit back, and I've heard it said before, a a mother who lost her child, who just came to the Lord, lost him in a tragic accident, and she began to ask, why me, Lord? Why is the world, as the psalmist says, why is the world being blessed and I have to suffer? 
And sometimes that is what it feels as if it is. Is the world continues to be blessed while Christians suffer under different things, but we are all under a common grace. And that is why the psalmist says, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due time. And you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So I want to ask you this morning, are you comfortable with your life? Are you comfortable? Are you living your life as if it's your own? And you see, this is the problem this morning. Is a lot of us may be fooled. I'm not saying in this church, but in the world in general. Is fooled because my life seems to be well. Everything seems to be alright. But I have not submitted myself to the Lord. I've not been, I've not had a bended knee knee before him as if everything is all right. And I think that is a falsehood. And unless we know Christ, we are lost. And this world will come to an end. But let's read on to those who call on the Lord. Praise to the God of the redeemed. It goes on to say, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord keeps, and this translation would say literal, is watch over all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. So I want us to think about this as we get ready to wrap this down and we'll go about our day today is the Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth and I want you to know this morning that I am seeing a very disturbing trend in the body of Christ And I am actually seeing, and I hope whoever is, listens to these podcasts, assuming that if they email me, they'll listen to the podcast. And they always ask me, Pastor, what is your church about? And they name these names. And they begin to say, do you believe in this name, that name, and that name? And what do you believe on marriage and What do you believe on the gifts of the Spirit and different things? And really what they're doing is fishing for a fight. And it's taking over the body of Christ where now we have become, and some of you may not be aware of this, but now we are becoming infighting where we have become critical of everything that moves. And I don't think that's of the Lord. Because all who call upon the Lord, God is near to him, to all who call upon him in truth. There is only one truth that we have this morning. And it is only one truth that we will declare, and that is Jesus Christ. And that is it. I don't care about what others say. I don't care about how others think. 
I care about you and myself that we will be exalters of Christ Jesus, that we will turn to Him and we will ask ourselves and we will ask each other, is the Lord near to you today? And if you take time to meditate, you will know. And that God will give us the desires of our heart. And He will keep us. So this morning, as I wrap this thing up, He's praiseworthy. He's worthy of declaration. But I ask, are you willing to do it? Are we willing to do this thing? Are we willing to bless Him? Are we willing to praise Him no matter what? No matter what season of our soul? And I used to think this is, God, you give me the desires of my heart. And I want you to know that if you are under the Lordship of Jesus Christ today, He will give you the desires of your heart. And the longer I walk this life, follower of Christ, my desires become His desires. And so as I'm saying, Lord, You know me. You know my thought. You know the way I think. Did you know God knows the way you're thinking right now? And for you, thank God, I don't know how you think this morning. But God knows, and He's called you to this place this morning. And He's asking you, Are you willing to humble yourself? Are you willing to bless me? Are you willing to praise me? Are you willing to give your all for me? And don't stop speaking of the goodness and the glory of God. Even in the midst of your hurt, even in the midst of your sinful actions at times, bless Him. He is worthy He is worthy of all our praise. We'll end in worship this morning together. And so sometimes we act as if evangelism is really difficult. But what we see in the Word this morning is that when we bless Him and we praise Him, and we declare His truth, we are evangelizing not only our friends and our family, but the world. And so I want to challenge you, grandparents. I want to challenge you, moms and dads and mothers, that you continue to make people annoyed by you sharing the glories and the wonders of God this morning. pray together. Lord, I just thank you this morning Lord, there's nothing we can say or do and sometimes, Lord, you seem far off. You seem so far off, Lord, from what we're going through and you seem detached, but God, you're not detached. You 
are a God who cares about your people, both the saved and the unsaved. You care so much about the people, Lord, that you sent your only Son to die for us, Lord. And we are among those, Lord, that did not recognize you, but because you came and you showed us who you are, we recognize you now and we give you praise. And God, for many of us, Lord, we can't see you on the throne. We can't see you high and lifted up, but Lord, you are high and lifted up. And I just pray for those that are hungering this morning and thirsting for your righteousness, Lord. I pray and ask you that they would be filled. I pray, Lord, that they would see you high and exalted. And God, as we meditate on your word and as we meditate on what you've done in our lives, Lord, we just want to turn back to you and say thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for holding us through every dark and dreary time. Thank you for holding us through death and struggles, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, again, that one day this will all pass away. And there will be no more troubles. There will be no more sorrows, Lord. And that you will wipe away every tear, Lord, from our eyes, Lord. And we will be with you for eternity. And God, as we go today, we can only ask that your word would do what your word can only do. And I ask today for the mothers among us, Lord, and the expected mothers, Lord, and those who want to be mothers, Lord, and or spiritual mothers, whatever this looks like, Lord, I pray, God, for fruitfulness in their lives. And God, I pray for the character of Proverbs 31 over every lady in this, in this church. Lord, I pray a Proverbs 31 character, God, in their lives, Lord. And God, today as they go, may they be blessed, Lord, and may they be honored. Lord, may they be honored in your sight, Lord. So go with our moms, Lord. Lord, may we make them proud. But we can only do this in you, Jesus. So be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name. As you go this morning, I want to leave.